All right, ladies and gentlemen, it is, uh, it's that time again. Time for another... Kevin, it's a thankful episode Ooh. of V8 Radio today. Which will uh, expand into a uh, gratuitous episode yes. of V8 Radio. <laughs> I like that. I'm uh, Kevin Oste, joined as always by our esteemed co-host, Mr. Mike Cuball-Clark. And uh, Hello. This, uh, this is V8 Radio, so what's happening, man? Well, it's the holiday season, my friend, and it's it, with with all that goes with it is going on in my house. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, get, getting uh, getting through Thanksgiving, getting Christmas together, and just all the fun that goes along with it. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So, always a busy time of year. Right. Right. What's up with you? Oh, everything in all different directions. <laughs> uh, it's funny. We've already had two pretty large parties uh, in the past three days, and neither of which were holiday related. So, <laughs> oh boy, oh man, we had a, an open house at the shop, uh, which was a nice deal, and then. Uh, uh, Kelly, our shop manager, and my lovely wife uh, had a. Surprise 55th anniversary party for her parents uh, with 175 people yesterday. Oh, wow. Yeah, and I've been planning for the PRI show, so there's a lot going on, like I said, in many different directions, yeah. which is good. It is good. You are you are definitely a rolling stone, my friend. I'm hoping after PRI, <laughs> things will slow down a little bit and I can get caught up with a lot of stuff because there's a lot good. to get caught up on. Um, but that's... I'm sure. We'll get into all that. Uh, right. But as typical with this uh, program, VA Radio, we uh, we tend to do a, an automotive trivia question kind of at the beginning of the show in hopes that people will hang around to get the answer. Because as we've learned, getting that answer is just so satisfying. <laughs> it's paramount to your V8 radio experience. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it's, it's a big part of it. So did you uh, have time to whip up a trivia question this time? Of course. Of course I did, sir. Um well, I'll, I'll unleash it on you. You go first. Yes, sir. Um, well, we were just at uh, Muscle Car and Corvette Nationals uh, a few weeks ago, and uh, they had a terrific W31 display out there. And uh, I had never heard of a W31 up until that point. Nice. So I took it upon myself to try to learn a little something about it. So here we go. Uh, what years were the W31 package available in on the Oldsmobile? Uh, all right. Well, you know, it's interesting you bring that up because the W31 is a little bit of an oddball uh, package. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm learning that it's it was a little lesser known than the W30, which was the 442, right. 455 package or 400 package. Uh, the W31, of course, was a small block version, even though Oldsmobiles are... They're not exactly like Pontiacs where they're all the same, but some some mm -hmm. parts work on both. But anyway, uh, I believe that the W31, in some respects, was made from 68 up through 1970. Although I think in 1968 they called them the Ramrods. And I don't know if it was also the W31 in 68. So I'm going to guess that it was, that the W31 mm -hmm. was the Ramrod in 68. And then also sixty nine and seventy. All right, Kevin says sixty eight through seventy. 
with an asterisk on the 68. Right, because that could it could right. be a technicality there. Nevertheless, they had a high compression 350 option in 68, right. just called the ramrod, which was essentially mm-hmm. the same thing. Mm-hmm. All right. All right, that is duly noted. All right, well. All right, I've got some something for you that goes uh, nowhere near what you just said. So, okay, uh, there were, as you, as we'll find out if you remember, uh, there were two giant advancements that arrived on the 1986 Mustang GT 50 uh, under the hood, uh, under the hood, on the, in, okay. on the engine. There were two big things. What were they? Oh, Kevin. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, okay. I am going to say uh, it was the advent of the roller cam as well as the tuned port injection or port fuel injection over carburation or electronic carburation. So fuel injection, roller cam. F, uh, let me write this down. F, I, and roller. All right. Okay, those those are two very significant advancements, and we will see if those, uh, those in fact, happened at that time period. All right. Great guess. Thank you. Great question. Yeah, yeah. there you go. <laughs> I'm wondering if I asked this one before on a previous episode. <laughs> no, you, you did ask something about a Mustang before, but it wasn't that. All right. It wasn't that. Some of these episodes are so memorable and yet so <laughs> elusive. <laughs> I don't know what happens half the time. Right, right, right. I need to have a list of all the questions we've asked. I do. Well, I notice on uh, on the social webs, you've been throwing those out there every once in a while. People have been chatting in some oh, yeah. of the uh, Facebook groups or whatnot, and you're like, you know, that was a trivia question on episode that's right. 21. People got to know. Radio. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Hey. Hopefully they're saying it was. I got to listen again. There you go. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. They're working it, you know, and, and that, mm-hmm. that's good. Mm-hmm. Getting getting the word out there. Uh, so yeah, the Muscle Car and Corvette Nationals a couple weeks ago was a tremendous experience. Uh, it was. We had you kind of turned upside down for a while. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was wound just a little tightly. Yeah. That well, night. justifiably. Uh, for those who are unfamiliar, we did a live broadcast. And Mike was our tech director, uh, meaning the guy working the controls on switching our cameras and audio and stuff. And this particular venue was the first time we had done, or it was the first time we've done a live broadcast from that venue and had some location challenges, if you will, that we had to figure out on the fly. Uh, From what some of our viewers were telling us, the the internet connection was kind of spotty going out, which was a bummer. Mm -hmm. Um, and then we had to move the rig, move our desk workspace uh, every so often while we were right. on the air, which was challenging. Yeah. <laughs> that was, it was, it was fun. Yeah, yeah. Well, luckily, I mean, luckily, I mean, Kelly was there uh, uh, pitching in to help me get everything moved. Um, and we were doing so when we were on break and making sure we were ready to go for when you're coming back for the next interview for the next segment. And it was, uh, it was, it was exhilarating at yes, times. Yes, yes, yes. 
Well, <laughs> I gotta say, you know, in the beginning we had we had a couple technical glitches, and and the way we ended up getting around that is uh, the whole thing was recorded. So um, that basically the next morning, because it, it it ran pretty late. I don't even remember what time we finished. It was like eleven thirty or so. Yeah, getting close to I midnight. Think. And we yeah. started at 8 p.m. sharp, basically. So it was three and a half mm-hmm. hours long. Uh, and I was kind of concentrating on doing the, the interviews of the people and making sure we got the right car in the right order. And it was it was very cool that the interviewee people all hung out and made a nice audience and they were enthusiastic about it. And uh, yeah, I think the stories that got out were very cool and, and the cars mm-hmm. were very cool. And the whole thing was really, really neat. Um, yeah. But the next, the early the next morning, I was thinking, man, you know, was there any way that we could, uh, um, that that stuttering internet was kind of kind of dogging me. So we ended up doing kind of a quick edit because the whole signal mm-hmm. was recorded, and it was recorded before it went out to the internet, so it didn't have any of those stutters. So right. um, we re- rebroadcast the whole thing. We just let it play again on Sunday. And now the stream you watch doesn't have those stutters in it from our end, and uh, mm-hmm. we tighten a couple things up. So that was cool. It uh, and the other thing is we, you know, when you, you initially say, "Hey, let's do this live Saturday night," um, that's not, you know, you're taking a gamble on how many people are actually watching at that time period. Right. Um, so by rebroadcasting it Sunday, uh, that live stream interrupted far more people's uh, newsfeed on, on Facebook and, and mm-hmm. on YouTube. So I think it exposed an entirely new audience all over again. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was all good. It was cool. It was really good. I mean, a lot of people were watching it live as well as the rebroadcast. I noticed a lot of comments, a lot of interaction with it. Yeah. All pretty much all positive. Yeah. Uh, p- positive experiences people were having. So, I mean, this was, this was a, this was a really cool deal yeah. to, to do this, and I hope we get to do this again next time. Oh, yeah, me too, yeah, because it, it was killer. Um, mm-hmm. I also think uh, initially, you know, people might not have been expecting some of the detail that we went into in the beginning, and the way that show is laid out is the Mopars were in the front, and then we got to the next make and the next <laughs> right. make, and everyone's like, what is this, just all Mopar? And it's like, well, yeah, yeah. no. <laughs> Well, then you had the Mopar crowd guy, people saying, Mopar, no car. Right, you know, of course. Like, well, that kind of good stuff. Yeah. But uh, uh, then later on, everyone's like, what is this, all Oldsmobiles? Where's the Mopars? You know? <laughs> right. So it was it was kind of funny right. that it, it bounced back and forth yeah. a little bit. Uh-huh. Uh, but uh, at the end of the day, it was uh, it was a heck of a, uh, a program. I think, what was it, 29 or 30 interviews in a row? Yeah. That's what it boiled down to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, that's what it was. Yeah. 30 people. And, and a lot. Yeah, that was crazy. A lot of different stuff and different cars and great stories. and Yeah. I mean, you you were amazing getting through all that, talking to everybody, and, and you never you never skipped a beat with anyone. Well, it really just came down to letting people tell their stories, you know, so right. I didn't have any beats to skip, you know, just <sighs> tell me about the car and then they go. And that's the great mm-hmm. thing about this car universe is people like their cars they know about them mm-hmm. you know if it was a, a again you know a, a dental tool convention you know those those would have been a lot shorter because i've been like yeah this picks teeth you know done <laughs> i love the dental references you give me these are beautiful <laughs> and that, that would have been it you know 
So yeah, and then the, the other neat thing, of course, is that recording lives on and uh, it continues to go and people are watching it and we're getting great feedback there and, and uh, it's kind of creeping out. And uh, we had some streaming partners that, that helped us out, OPGI and, mm-hmm. and HCP Welders and uh, uh, Meekum helped out quite a bit and the Muscle Car Corvette Nationals and uh, mm-hmm. uh, the Muscle Car Place and Rocket yeah, Racing. Uh, you know, all these, all these people help share it, Carbuff Network, and, and uh, uh, that was all really good. So I think I would be interested in, in doing it again. I think if we did it again, we might change a few things. Mm. Um, but for the first time out, you know, it looked great, and yeah. it was cool. Yeah, it definitely blazed a trail. We made history. Yes, we did. We did. Yeah. <laughs> and you know what I think is interesting is how fast the technology is changing, and mm-hmm. how regular attendees of that show are putting out video coverage like crazy. Yeah, you know, it's like there, every, there was a lot, wasn't there? Yeah, well, people are just taking their camera phones and and they're finding the, their favorite car and they're doing a walk around for themselves. They put it on YouTube or on Facebook, and now you've got you know that car. So. Mm-hmm. You know, in in trying to do something a little different, you know, we wanted to do the the live experience, but I think the other key component of that is getting time with the owner, and getting that story. Right. Uh, because a lot of the the video coverage that's out there is uh, somebody approaching a car and saying, "Hey, this is cool. It's white. Check it out." Without getting the deep story. <laughs> right. So. Yeah, it's a good point. Um, and I love the fact that more and more is getting out there because the more that the more people can see stuff from that show, the better, as far as I'm concerned. Totally. totally it's just, absolutely. It's just my mission to try and bring more of the show to more people, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's, it's the best muscle car show in the world. Yeah. So more, more people need to, to know about it. Like, like Kramen says, the Pebble Beach of muscle car shows. Right. Or as you say, Pebble Beach is the mechanic of, of car shows. So having uh, been through the, uh, the, the 10th anniversary Muscle Car and Corvette Nats, what was there that uh, really turned your crank? Anything? Oh, boy. I, I, was, I should have expected this question. Um, I know it's a little different working that show. because, Dude, it's different <laughs> yeah. working that show. It's, you don't get a chance to really walk around and absorb it all as no, much? No, I thought, you know, I had visions of grandeur. I remember asking you if you're going to bring your uh, your portable recorder. I'm like, yeah, I want to try and interview people. And you're like, oh, that's a great idea. Man, when I got there and I was working. Damn. I didn't get to talk to anyone. Yeah. Um, the one car that really stands out in my head right now that, that immediately immediately comes to mind is charlie lillard 65 riviera yeah. the ls9 powered riv that car is off the chain oh yeah yeah that thing's killer yeah um it yeah so it's a 65 riv and he bought it a couple of years ago and it's a pretty low mile car um the, mm-hmm. the gauges have been changed uh but i i don't know i want to say 30 some thousand mile car maybe and Whew. nicely Nicely worn on the outside, you know, a couple dings and dents and original paint. And then they gutted the whole bottom side and put a Roadster Shop chassis in it and an LS9 supercharged motor. Made 850-some horsepower, I think. Uh, You could turn it up and and put methanol on it and and hit 1,000 if you wanted to, but it's 
not really set up for that. But yeah, that car was really, really cool. And he's driven it uh, over 3,000 miles already. Really? Yeah, it's been on the, uh, he was on the Good Guys Hall of Fame tour with it. Um, cru- wow. Cruising uh, out west and I guess oh, part, part way through the Midwest. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's a great uh, concept. You know, you don't have to screw with the outside of the car. Um, there's a lot of, don't get me wrong, a lot of fabrication, a lot of time, a lot of money underneath that thing. Oh, yeah. But it's so low, and it's not an air ride car. That's that's its actual ride height. Really? Yeah. But that's it? That's it. But it still has like six inches of travel. Um, Holy cow. Because it's channeled over the frame. So Big. it's... Um, wow. It's really cool, and everybody there was giving him a hard time about painting it. <laughs> but this way, he doesn't have to worry about it, you know. And it, yeah. it looks authentic, and it's neat. Yeah, it looks killer. Is what it looks. I'll tell you what. Yeah. Ooh-wee. Yeah. Yeah. If I had unlimited resources, that that would be something to do, kind of cool on my seventy. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, that's that's still has presentable outside paint, and you know the uh-huh. interior is okay enough, and then just tune everything up underneath that would be that'd uh, be cool yeah i'd love to do that to the gto that would be just oh yeah Mwah. yeah so great yeah yeah and don't get me wrong it would be nice to do a a nice exterior as well but it's just kind of mm-hmm. neat when you open the hood and go yeah look at this <laughs> yeah check me out right yeah what about you? What did you like out there? Uh, did you, well, because you saw quite a bit. I saw. I did see quite a bit. Of course, for me, it was the uh, the seventy GSX show car. I should. I. Why did I even ask? Yeah, yeah, yeah. As soon as you said <laughs> for me, I'm like, I know what he's gonna say. Right, and and it's kind of funny, you know that that car has been called the GSX prototype forever, but it's not really a prototype. It was actually a right. show car. It was made uh-huh. different stuff on it and everything, and. And Brad Conley, the owner, was super cool, and uh, he was uh, very gracious to take some time to show us the car, and uh, actually let me sit in the car for a little while, which was nice. That is nice. So that that will be an upcoming episode of Muscle Car of the Week, is a special on that car. Okay, okay. We shot. He ought to let you come out to his place and drive it. Uh, he he actually kind of offered that. He said, you know, Is that right? yeah. He said, come out to Ohio where he lives, and and he's got three one of a kind Buicks. He's got that seventy white show car. Right next to it is a seventy one Buick GSX. It's the only one ever done in black. Right, and that's his also. And then back in hmm. Ohio, he's got the prototype uh, eighty seven Buick GNX. Get out of here. Yeah, yeah. So Ooh. three very significant, you know, performance Buicks, and the same guy's got all of them, and he's a great caretaker of these cars. He's he's the guy you uh-huh. want to own them. He's very knowledgeable, cool. very nice, very generous. Uh, it was a, a really cool experience to to see that car that I, I've been, you know, staring at and a, on a poster <laughs> on my wall since I was in, you know, junior high, basically. And, right. and not only to see it in person, but to meet the guy and him be, you know, cool about it and let me screw around with it and everything. That was, that was really, right. really, really great. Yeah. Imagine what a letdown it would be if the guy was just awful. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, right. You know, it'd be like, oh, man. <laughs> well, you know, they, they say, you know, don't, don't meet your heroes because <laughs> right? you know, that's a true. lot of times that's how it goes. And uh, I've, mm-hmm. I've proven that before. 
Um, <laughs> but this time, that that went, he couldn't have gone any better. Now he's going to... I had talked to him a few years ago on the phone, um, but this was the first time I ever saw the car in person and first time I had met him in person. And uh, we're going to be lifelong buddies. I mean, it's just... Oh, oh yeah. yeah. That was great. For sure, man. Yeah. For sure. One of those what? magic... We were talking about SEMA moments last time. That was a magical uh-huh. macacken moment. A magical macacken <laughs> moment. The, the term is coined, ladies <laughs> yeah. and gentlemen. You heard it here first. Exactly. Exactly. So, so yeah, that's all rocking and rolling, and and we're we're making videos of other stuff that we shot uh, for Muscle Car of the Week on that show. The other great thing is we got to meet our buddy uh, uh, Frank Zimkowski and his wife and and Frankie Junior. That's right. That's right. That was awesome. That was awesome. Uh, yeah. Longtime uh, V8 radio supporter and overall great car guy, Pontiac guy, Ford guy too. Uh, yeah, great, great car guy because he doesn't pigeonhole himself into one brand. I mean, he's got he's got the that great judge. He's got the Grand National that Frankie has now, and and that Torino. Yeah, totally. Uh, I mean, and and his wife Terry is super supportive of the whole thing, and everybody they just oh, yeah. they really like getting out and and doing stuff with the cars. And yeah. uh, they came all the way from Jersey, and they were just so nice and just they were great. Yeah super gracious people and nice to be around and and mm-hmm. and everybody who met them really enjoyed hanging out with them and uh so that was cool that was great so mm-hmm. uh, how about that judge Ooh. oh it was insane yeah yeah so it's a 69 word. uh judge in in warwick blue which is just an awesome awesome color you never see them in that color beautiful no beautiful color and as we talk there's a uh a 118th scale coming out of that car that's right um of his car in that color which is phenomenal but i also noticed that him and his son are building a scale model on their own right now on facebook right. and i'm wondering hey well you can't wait for the thing to come in the mail no <laughs> <laughs> i want to know yeah yeah well and so for anybody who listens to our show, who, who plays along with the trivia, when, when Frank listens to our show on Facebook, on the V8 Radio page, he throws out his guesses kind of real time as he's listening. And uh, mm-hmm. and the guy's, I think he's more right than you and I. He's definitely more right than I am. <laughs> <laughs> so he knows the stuff with these course, guys. A, a broken clock is more right than I am most of the time. <laughs> well, there you go. But uh, so that that was really cool, and that's what's neat about that show is you get to see. So that the difference, you know, we again had talked about SEMA. SEMA is kind of the industry reunion. McCacken for us is kind of the the public reunion of a lot of people that we know. And right. Good show. Yeah, that's 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 perfect. And what's PRI going to be? PR, the, uh, PRI is kind of the reunion of uh, of the racing community. Yeah. So it's, it's like the um, holy trinity of reunions. It's a lot of the. It's a, well, I mean, it's a lot of the companies that are at SEMA on a manufacturing side, but also a lot of the racers mm-hmm. and and engine builders and more hardcore uh, racing and performance people than you have at SEMA and we have a full three days planned of uh, stage activity and interviews and roundtables and press announcements and stuff going on Um, it's going to be when I read who's agreed to be on our stage so far it almost sounds like I'm making it up 
because <laughs> I mean, really, and I, I got to tell you, if this the the pressure is on, I think for PRI more so than any of these uh, recent events for me, because I've basically pulled every ounce of street cred that I have. <laughs> to, there... <laughs> to get these people to play along and and be part of our presentations and if they don't go well they're all going to be like yeah that guy's nonsense and it's over uh-huh. i'm done <laughs> uh, not, you're way way too hard on yourself it's going to be great well you... uh, it's going to be great because the people that for example we're doing this round table for engine builders mm-hmm. And the people that are going to be on the stage are greatness already. You know, I'm just uh-huh. going along for the ride, and and I'm lucky that from a content standpoint, I'm not worried at all. We have, uh, you know, John Kazi, who's one of the 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 top master out of the box thinking engine builders ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sonny Leonard, who's celebrating 50 years of being in business. This I think the same week as the PRI show, believe it or not. Wow. And Sonny Leonard has a list of records uh, two miles long in any type of racing and, and really made the, uh, the aftermarket hemispherical head available to racers. And, and you name it, this guy's done it. Uh, and then uh, we've got Keith Dorton, who's another uh, world-famous engine builder from you know NASCAR kind of stuff to uh, saw flats and street performance and everything in between. So those, those three guys... Uh, on their own any one of them on their own is a treat to just you know Mm -hmm. have five minutes worth uh let alone we've got an hour-long thing um and then kind of on the the slightly younger generation is a guy named jeremy waggler who's going to join us and waggler has been setting records in the diesel performance and truck pulling and and uh you know tractors and and street performance diesel stuff so we're trying to share a variety of different uh, uh, avenues and you know talking to people who know who these people are you know they're like tell me again why they agreed to talk to you you know <laughs> because it's just these, these guys are the top top of the game um, and that uh-huh. that's one of seven round tables and and another six seminars that we're doing and they've all got people at that level uh, involved with them. So it's, uh, it's really amazing. And it's, it's an honor to be able to have these guys play along. So it's going to be cool. Well, that says, it says a lot about you that the fact that they're willing to do that with you. So, I mean, it, the, you, you must, you must have some street cred to be able to pull all that off. Well, I actually borrowed a lot of street cred because I had other people, <laughs> <laughs> other people that we work with kind of make some of these outreach calls. So I, oh. I got to thank our friend, Chris Rashke at ARP, because he was the one who kind of leaned on those guys for the engine builder thing. And of course they all could have said, no, that guy's a jerk off. You know, we're not going to do this with him. Um, they all agreed mm-hmm. to do it. But if it wasn't for Rashke, I, I, I didn't really have the access as easy as he did. Um, and he also right. helped us pull together our, uh, our land speed roundtable, which has uh, oh, nice. Kenny Duttweiler, again, another world-famous engine builder, uh, mm-hmm. Steve Watt, who uh, is a, a land speed chassis guy who um, you know, set up the, uh, the streamliner that George Petit runs, um, I think David Freiberger is going to be in that one, uh, mm-hmm. uh, and we've got uh, another couple couple people in that one. One of them hasn't confirmed yet, but somebody from the Save the Salt Foundation. 
Um, Good. And then we have another uh, gentleman who uh, was piloting a streamliner last year and wrecked at 427 miles an hour and lived to tell about it. Uh, so, you know, just a, a really cool variety of, of people that do that stuff. Again, all at the top of the game. So it's, uh, it's really... It's it's really going to be neat, and I think we're gonna we're gonna yeah, walk away is. from that. Again, these are all recorded, and we're gonna mm-hmm. m- these aren't going to be live streamed, um, but in the in the days and weeks after PRI, we will be mm-hmm. you know streaming those socially and on our show. And PRI, the racing industry, is going to be uh, uh, streaming them as well. And I think we're all going to step back and go. We're glad that this got recorded, or I wouldn't have believed it happened. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> right you know, on. Some right on. some of our other topics include uh, road racing, and we've got you know guys like Kyle Tucker from Detroit Speed and and David Shard from oh, yeah. from uh, uh, Forge Line, uh, um, Mark Stilo from General Motors is in that one. Uh, cool. Yeah, I mean just crazy, you know. Again, people that that have a lot to offer and, and a lot of cool things to say. Uh, we'll we'll be on hand. We got a, a great drag week presentation, and and David Freiberger's going to be in that one again. Um, our Legends of NMCA is uh, <laughs> shaping up to be a fun one. So I mean, all told, with with all the stuff we're doing, we're going to have you know probably I'm going to say almost a hundred people on this stage Holy over the course shnikes. of three days. In different capacities, wow, man. some short interviews, some longer ones. The the roundtables are three and four, and in some cases five and six people at a time. So this is why I'm a little bit fried is trying to coordinate all this stuff and, mm-hmm. and, and get it all together. In addition, uh, our production company is producing the stage itself, so we're doing the audio and the lights and all that jazz. Um, gotcha. So it's it's working all sides of, you know. The pre nice. the pre production the the administrative the actual on camera the sound and lights and all that so um, it's a great project and uh, yeah uh, we're very thankful to the the PRI team for offering us the opportunity to do it and and I'll tell you one for thing sure. that really kind of it was super cool and a little bit spooky at the same time is uh, last week the or I guess a couple weeks ago, a PRI magazine came in the mail. They do a great magazine. It's uh, 12 issues a year. And the show issue came out. So it's, you know, 300 pages long, I think. It's a super thick magazine. And there's this this quad fold, center fold that you open up that has the giant floor plan of the Indiana Convention Center and the Lucas Oil Dome. Nice. And in that quad fold poster, essentially, floor plan, there are only two logos. There it is. Is that right? One is the PRI logo, and the other is the V8 TV logo. <laughs> nice. Very nice. I mean, there's guys that race F1 that are there. The NHRA is there. Everybody's there, and and you know we're the ones that got the love because they want to promote this stage. I mean, I don't. That's beautiful. I, yeah. People are gonna have to they, think I've got you know incriminating pictures of somebody but i don't <laughs> I'm, uh, who cares who cares in, in his, i'm in, in as much awe as everybody else on this so it's uh again the pressure's on don't I, like i said before sema yeah. and macaque and i hear my dad's voice you know 
Don't screw this up, stupid. Don't screw this up. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you haven't so far, and I don't think you will next weekend. So, I mean, I, I think um, part of me thinks that you feel more pressure with PRI because it's not done yet, and because McCacken and SEMA are done, they're in the they're in the bag, uh, and you just have this to focus on. And so, sure, it seems more daunting because it's not over yet so but once it's over and you decompress from it you can you're gonna say to yourself holy cow that was great yeah no and i really hope that that's the outcome you know and and we're 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 all working hard to make that the reality so um mm-hmm. we just don't we don't want to let anybody down uh and i'm i know that that the content we're going to get out of this is uh is going to be compelling and fun to watch for everybody, and that's. I'm actually looking more forward to, to watching these things when they're done. In many ways, mm-hmm. uh, because again, this is this is me basically on stage making an introduction and then letting these people tell their stories, and I, that's what's going to be so cool. So yeah, that will be cool. Yeah, that that needs it needs to happen. Yeah, and I'm glad you get to be the one to do it. So well, thank kudos, you. and and you'll be there for the the Saturday sessions. So uh, yep, looking forward to that. Yeah, and I'm grateful I can just you know play a small part in that. So thank you. Oh yeah, no, no problem. We need we need uh, we need all the help we can get at this point. So we appreciate you coming out for that. You bet. Um, you bet. Yeah, and that's a great show. So uh, even even you know the the whole rest of the show is is amazing as well. It's not just you know our little our little piece of it, but uh, right. Yeah, that'll be another first for me too. I've never been to PRI before. Yeah, well, you're in yeah, for treat. So go me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's, um, there's far fewer cars there. It's not, you know, the big show car thing that SEMA is. Right. Right. Um, but there are people that are, uh, you know, the highest level of enthusiasm for parts of racing that you didn't even know existed, you know, different sanctioning bodies and different series and different types of racing and, you know, drag racing and road racing and off-road and, and circle track and dirt track and asphalt and and late model modifieds and midgets and quarter midgets and, and top fuel and Formula One and IndyCar. It's all there. <laughs> mm. uh, it's power sports racing. I mean, you, you, you wouldn't believe how many wheeled types of racing there are <laughs> until you walk around and start talking. Diesel truck pullers and i mean it's crazy so yeah a friend of mine who races in uh, scca is going to be there on thursday yeah so yeah. yeah so he's looking forward to that yeah so i'm going to direct him to the v8 tv stage right on well you can get the magazine and see the the, the logo and the big fold out that's right that's right <laughs> that's right i'll ask him if he's got his yet right there you go there you go mm-hmm. so uh yeah that's all great um like i said a little overwhelming but uh, all good Mm-hmm. Yeah, looking forward to it. Yeah. Quite a bit. Looking forward to it. And in, in some ways, there were, um, at the McCacken show, there were cars that, you know, I wanted to spend more time with and, and, and learn more about, but there's only so much you can do in that couple days. Yeah. Uh, and I feel we soaked in quite a bit, um, but there's still so much more. And that's how all these events are between those three, between SEMA, PRI, and McCacken. You know, you can't mm-hmm. can't really see it all. Um, no, 
you logistically you cannot and and in the time frame you have at all i, l- I learned that the hard way yeah and but that's a great thing you know because if these yeah. if these events were eight cars and one guy and a tent yeah. you'd be like well that that isn't indicative of a strong and healthy motorsports industry. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> so I'm glad that there's more to consume than we could ever take in. Oh yeah, it's amazing. It really is. Yeah. I mean, I I can't see the, the it, like you said, it, it is really indicative of a really healthy automotive aftermarket. These these shows and that the whole industry is just. At an all, it's got to be at an all-time high, with with all this that's going on. So I can't help but think that. Yeah, totally. And you know, on the on the flip side, uh, the other thing that's just timely right now is uh, the announcement that uh, GM made about closing some plants and changing some direction. Oh yeah. And what they're going through, and I I I don't know anything on the inside of of any of that stuff, but I see what you see in the media and it, it was kind of dawning on me yesterday what kind of a, a crap storm they're into right now that was uh, completely unplanned and I'll, I'll give you my 30 second take on this and I don't know that sure. I'm right, but as you have seen in the media, uh, Mary uh, Barra, the CEO of of General Motors reported that they're going to close some Canadian plants and and, and American Mm -hmm. plants, and they are going to cut production on some of the lesser performing cars. And I think that's the big part of the story that got out. And I think the Mm -hmm. second half of that sentence is that so they can make the products that people want, Uh right? I think people got stuck on the fact that they're shuttering these plants, which is terrible for the people that work there. There are mm-hmm. opportunities that are going to go away, which is a bummer. But I, I don't think that that's the end of that story. I think, as evidenced by the the introduction of the Ecopo Camaro at SEMA, uh-huh. and the success of other electric brands and hybrid electrics, I mm-hmm. think GM is going to be ramping up new plants that are dedicated to those technologies, and, right. and effectively hiring people back. Maybe not the same people, which is a bummer but other people to staff the new plants. And Mm -hmm. I'm not hearing, and and again, because a publicly traded company, they have to respond to the needs of Wall Street and their stockholders. And if their customers are not buying certain cars, they got to figure out what they're going to buy. And everybody, it's kind of a double-edged sword because people have been clamoring for GM to uh, advance their product line to include more electrics and more cutting-edge technology. And here they mm-hmm. say they're going to go into that stuff, and everybody yells right. at them for ditch, ditching the old <laughs> yeah. stuff, right? <laughs> right, right. They want to keep everything old too, as well as new stuff. But no, but I think you hit the nail right on the head about not getting the full story out because, because yeah, they are shuttering those plants, but they they definitely are moving towards a more technology based product. So if, if that's the direction you're going, it doesn't make sense to keep doing things the way you're doing them. I mean, Ford is doing the same thing, and they're cutting production on quite a bit of vehicles to move toward a more technological product. So it's just kind of the way the world is is moving now. And, and as a company, you have to adapt to the marketplace. And I think that's what GM and Ford are doing right now. Yeah, and I don't think you can just turn off a production line 
no. on Tuesday and on Wednesday have it kick out an entirely right. different type of vehicle. Yeah, you know? it's a big ship. Yeah, it takes a long, a long time to turn it. Sure, right, and I, and I'm yeah. imagining the manufacturing techniques and the efficiencies. You know, the, some of the Canadian plants have been in business for a long, long time, and it just might not be efficient yeah. to run them anymore. And mm-hmm. again, I, I, my my heart goes out to those who are losing their their job, um, and and that because to me, Kelly and I have been in business now for ourselves for. 15, 16 years? 50, has it been that long? 15 years. Could be. Right? Uh, since 03, yeah. basically. So 15 years. Yeah, that's 15 years. And the biggest uh, uh, stress that I have is not knowing if, if you know, we're going to have a successful day tomorrow. You know, mm-hmm. if, if we're going to have work to do and keep the, the team moving in the shop and keep the video production business going. Uh, and, and we have to generate that business as business owners. So mm-hmm. I look back on the days when I used to get a paycheck in the mail and I just I was able to go to my office every day or my job right. knowing that there was some job security there. When you take that right. away, that to me is about the worst feeling there is. So yeah, these people that imagine. these people didn't see this coming on a lot of these assembly lines and, and GM plants, they had no idea, and all of a sudden, boom, their security is gone. I mean that that's a horrible feeling. Uh, as a you know, my other entrepreneurial spirit or or somebody who believes in our free market system, I'm confident that if you have a skill set to work in one of those plants, there's going to be work for you to do um, somewhere. And I understand that that could suck too. You might have to move. You might have to change right. industries a little bit. Uh, and and yeah. those are challenges. And I, I fully get yeah. that. Um, but the media is making it sound like uh, GM is just scaling back just to scale back and, and try yeah. to stick it to these people. And I, I don't think that that's what it is. Yeah. And that's not really responsible to, to say things like that and not give the full story. But, you know, hey, that's the world we live in. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, and again, I don't know any of the details, but I'm just, I'm seeing a lot of this stuff and, and social media gets a little aggravating and, and same with the, the regular media because right. it's like, you know, if you'd report that whole story, uh, at least report the whole story. <laughs> you know? Right. It wouldn't be quite, maybe it wouldn't be quite as sensational as it is now, but it would be the truth. Right. Yeah. Or, or at least truer. So there. Yeah. Yeah. So. I don't know. We'll see. Um, the the future is changing rapidly, uh, and like I said before about people having the technology to do the videos from the car shows, uh, seeing the technologies of of what consumers today at least project that they want out of transportation vehicles and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like the electric thing. They, the the major automatic makers dabbled in it and dabbled in it and dabbled in it uh-huh. and all of a sudden it's like boom now now it's happening you know yeah uh, and if you like it or not it's happening yeah well that that Ecopo Camaro that was that was a pretty polarizing car totally I mean I I saw comments all over the spectrum on that thing some people were like holy cow this is the greatest thing ever and other people were saying good God you ruined the Camaro. I mean, yes. it's crazy the 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 point of view that the public has on things like this. I mean, it is just 
all over the place, which is great. It is great. You know, I, I, I like the I like hearing. I mean, if it was all homogenous and everyone thought the same thing, you know, it wouldn't be exciting. But so this is exciting. Well, and we see how how polarizing it becomes when a guy with a '57 Chevy puts an LS motor in it. Right. You know that. That splits people right down the middle. God forbid you put one in right. a Pontiac or, or, oh, or an Oldsmobile. Oh, oh. Or, Blasphemy, son. Or, or worse, you put one in a Mustang. Because um, oh, yeah. the Fox Body guys, getting back to our trivia question, uh, you know, Holly makes, Holly makes engine mounts and headers for LS transplants for Mustangs, you know. Mm-hmm. So I think the nature of the beast. So, so in my mind, I try to figure out, okay, so... I understand nostalgia, and I understand why people have attachments to a, a car or a brand or a style of car, and we've talked about that many times on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's interesting to me that people become kind of a vocal advocate against change based on their own nostalgia. You know, so oh, yeah. so here's a, an example. I guess I'm guilty on that. Well, yeah, I, I mean, I'm sure we all are at some point, but. Mm. A couple years ago, there was a Buick concept car, and I forgot the name of it, but it was a two-door sports sedan, uh, sports luxury coupe, I guess, that Mm. that could have been the future of Riviera. You know, it was a luxury sport thing. Mm. Really cool-looking car. They made two of them, I guess. One was red and one was blue. And uh, just yesterday, somebody shared a photo of that on social media. and the, the photo was from a news release a couple years ago. And the Buick brand is very strong, but it, mm-hmm. it uses corporate General Motors power like all the GM cars do today. Right. And somebody said, that thing is not a car unless it has a Buick motor in it. Well, right. the, la- the last Buick engine that was built kind of technically was the the 3800 six cylinder and that goes back to Mm the 90s right so this guy is getting angry over a concept car i don't even know (laughs) if it had an engine in it (laughs) 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 and i'm thinking that that that's some audacity to stand there and say i'm going to ignore everything about what this thing is except for the fact that it Mm -hmm. doesn't have an engine that i'm used to yeah, I mean, people, Pontiac guys say that about Gen 3 Firebirds uh, because they came with a small block in them. The like, Chevy they're motor, not yeah, right. Pontiacs. Yeah, they're not Pontiacs. They're Camaros. Rup, 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 rup. And, uh, <laughs> right, I mean, right. But that's how it came from the factory. I mean, what are you, you going to do? So Yeah, yeah. And electrics, you know, that that's a whole nother deal, like you said. Oh, that's, oh, that's a whole nother sin. Uh, oh, boy. But I'm learning more and more <laughs> about some of the advantages, and I'm not going to go down the, the environmental motive of any of that at this point. But mm-hmm. uh, I think we talked before that Ecopo Camaro, there's talk, talk how those cars could revitalize drag racing because they don't make any noise. And oh, yeah. drag strips right now, their biggest problem is they make noise. That's true. Uh, so they, they could breathe new life into that whole sport. And uh, the concept of, you know, full torque at any RPM. Oh, that's nice, isn't it? It is nice. And you think, well, mm-hmm. if you're a hot rodder, if you're a speed freak, don't you like that? You know. Yeah. But no. Well, you... they like the noise too, I think. Oh, sure. No, I get yeah. it. Yeah. But it seems like rather than trying to find things they like about it, 
they kind of lean on the right. stuff they don't like more. Yeah. The well, it's it's different. It's change, and people fear change, and so they fight against it, even if it's good change. Right, you know, right. It's just right. the fear of the unknown. So it's it's human nature. We all do it, and yeah, I understand why they do it, but at the same time, try to be a little more open minded. Well, so one that that kind of got me was we got a comment on uh, some of our McCacken coverage, and a guy said that he used to like, you know, going fast with V8 cars and, and burning rubber and everything else, but today he's he's afraid for the environment, and he thinks shows like the Muscle Car and Corvette Nationals are walking on the side of danger for the oh future of the planet. Yeah. Really. And uh, to that, I say, huh. that's nonsense. <laughs> I'm not even going to try to walk the politically correct line there. Uh, because in our little world of playing with classic cars and muscle cars, the reality is that you know the EPA set out to establish uh, fuel economy standards and pollution standards and clean up the air. And you know what? They won. They got everything they wanted. The, yeah. the, the air, the cars don't pollute anymore. There's a closed-circuit feedback system that monitors them and tunes them as you drive. Mm-hmm. They're lighter. They're better economy. Um, and our old muscle cars are only driven, you know, a couple hundred or a couple thousand miles a year, maybe. Right. So there is, in my mind, that's that's a that's a 0% yeah. impact. I call that a, a net zero uh, environmental impact. Right. And if you look at your GTO... Yeah. So that's a six. That, has, that definitely has a zero environmental <laughs> <Right>. impact. <laughs> it's got a zero performance impact right now too. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> but that's a sixty-seven. And how many miles are on that car now? Uh, it shows like fifty something thousand on it on the odometer. So All right. I don't know if that's one hundred and fifty or even if it is one hundred and fifty, that that's over fifty-one yeah. years. Right. Right. So that's what three thousand a year. Yes, something like that. Right. So, so even so, that, so that didn't hurt the environment, <laughs> you know. <laughs> even if it was out of tune, you know. But you know, I, I understand when all the cars were requiring periodic right. adjustment and before cats, and so it's. I think it's mm-hmm. a good thing that you know a lot of that junk got off the road, and and the cool ones right. like your car got preserved. Uh, right. But to say that a classic car show is dangerous to the planet is crazy. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I, I would, I'm definitely on your side on that for sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's ridiculous to think that. So, yeah, oh, boy, I just got to think of a po- rate- polite way to respond to our friend on, on YouTube who made that comment. Cause I, you know, far be it for me to call somebody crazy, but I, yeah, that, that, that's a, well, what it is is this guy has got a misguided, uh, uh, view because of the media. You know, I don't really blame him. I believe mm-hmm. he's been fed information that isn't critical enough to say, yeah, but, you know, this car doesn't get driven very often. And right. and today, like, like my 62 Galaxy, that's been fuel-injected since 1999. Mm. So it's been a self-correcting, clean-burning vehicle since then, you know. So, so there you go. The technology well, has it's made these things. Also, on that at that point, yeah, there is a lot of aftermarket 
fuel injection that will clean these these cars up because they are self-tuning. Oh, totally. Yeah. 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 So there's a lot. Again, it goes back to the this great automotive aftermarket that we have that really caters to these older cars to help them run a lot cleaner and a lot better and a lot more efficiently. So they're not the the pollution hogs that they that they once were, you know, in the in the early to mid sixties. No, so. and and even going, it's funny to me that the image that some people have of hot rodders as being a bunch of outlaws. You know, with a complete mm-hmm. disrespect for everything, I guess because in the in the forties and fifties they thought if you could throw more fuel at it, it would go faster. And right. and everybody knows now that that's not not even true. You know, you want it to mm-hmm. burn a specific air fuel ratio to get the right. most performance. So it's not in our best interest to make pollution. Right. <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, we want to go faster. Right. So yeah. It just it just happens to be that the byproduct of that is is a cleaner burning engine. So. Hey, hey, right. it's a win-win. Right. So that, that these are the things we have to point out to people that that think otherwise. You know, they don't get driven. They're not out of tune. You know, it's not mm-hmm. bad. The, the, the assembly line process and natural resources have been amortized over 40 or 50 years. And the earth, mm-hmm. the earth doesn't care about your GTO anymore uh, <laughs> as far as mining things out of the ground and all that stuff. Right. And, Right. The energy it took to build that car has long been reclaimed, and you know, mm-hmm. so I don't know. It's interesting. It is. Here you it think. Here you is. think you just like to play with old cars, and you got all this stuff to yeah. do with. <laughs> yeah. Oh come on, man! <laughs> right. Oh brother, that's funny. It is. All right. Well, so people can learn more about our uh, our PRI stuff on our website at, at vatvshow.com and also at the the PRI site has been um, sharing a lot of that information and and it will more will come out in the future and I'm sure we're going to have a, a great show after a great V8 radio episode after the PRI show to for sure recap some of these stories and uh, and whatnot. Oh, yeah. Uh, and we still got to yeah. get some of your SEMA interviews on the air too. You got a whole, yeah. whole bunch more of those to go. Yeah, I heard you mention Kyle Tucker and um, and uh, um, Chris Chris Rashke from ARP. We got him. Uh, we interviewed him. There was a guy from uh, Steve Sharp from Ford Line, and we got our buddy uh, Dave Coker from Rocket Racing. Yeah, and yeah. All, that, all those guys. So yeah, we we definitely got to get those get those out there. So maybe maybe the ne- we'll do a little preview. Our next episode will, will be uh, uh, Mike's uh, uh, SEMA interview experience. Mike's uh, awesome interviews. <laughs> you know, maybe maybe before we release all the PRI stuff, we'll because uh, that, that might take a little bit of time. Uh, so that'll be something to look forward to. Okay, cool for sure. Right on. All right. Well, I know the suspense is building on uh, it is on our trivia. St- questions so uh let's see what we got i guess uh i'll i'll release the answer to mine first okay uh because you know if i'm terribly wrong on the other one i don't want to feel that sting very long i want to minimize that come on guy guy. (laughs) so my question to you was what were the two technological advancements for the 8650 mustang gt and you said it was the advent of the electronic fuel injection, the port fuel injection system, and also the hydraulic roller camshaft. And b- mm-hmm. both of those are correct. Oh, How about that? Winner, winner. Chicken dinner. Yeah. Nice. And it's interesting. I think 
I think the roller cam came out in some of the 85 cars, but it was for sure an 86 thing uh, okay. going forward. So you win. How about that? Oh, nice. Oh, winning feels so good. Doesn't it? So good. <laughs> I'm, I'm drunk with power now. Uh, Look at me. There you go. <laughs> I'm drunk with something anyway. Yeah, right. All right. All right. Well, cool. Very cool. All right. All right, then uh, let's let's get to yours. Um, I asked you, we were talking about the W31 display, and I asked you what years the W31 option was available on the Oldsmobile. And you said 68, 69, and 70, with an asterisk on the 68, as it was called the Ramrod. Um, and uh, you are correct on all fronts, my friend. Hey, right on. Uh, the 68 was the... It did have the W31 package, but was called the Ramrod. Um, and 6970 was called the W31. So nicely played. Well done. Fantastic. Well, uh, I must have uh, been to the same show as you were to, yeah, to learn about that. Yeah, you must have been that, interviewing yeah. the same guy I, I watched you interview, so, <laughs> yeah, about all yeah. that. <laughs> Our friend uh, D- Danny Vasek, uh, who put exactly, that, that, exactly. that great display together. Uh, you uh-huh. know, what's interesting is the... The S71 Oldsmobile that we built on VATV yeah. many years ago was a 71, but it was the 350. Oh, really? And I don't think that it was technically W31 spec from the factory, uh, but it was a high-performance 350. There it is. She's holding up a postcard right now, yeah. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Um, I'm a fan. Oh, it's a great car. Of course, we took that engine yeah. out and, and did the turbo diesel block-based um, you know, extremely high performance version of an Oldsmobile engine for the final final of that car. Uh, the scary thing is, I, I don't want to speak out of school, but there's a there's a very strong possibility that that car was consumed in the Paradise, California fire. No. Yeah, and I have not gotten confirmation from the owner but i know that that's where the car went oh man yeah that's a tragedy it is it is i mean that the tragedy of the car is one thing that whole that whole yeah. fire yeah, i mean the whole fire yeah that, I, that's the tragedy I, I mean the whole fire is a tragedy with people losing their lives and all that but this i get it and it's it's horrible it just and i don't mean to make light of it no it just uh, adds an extra level of suck yeah it does. Uh, if that's true I, didn't, I don't know if it's true or not but um we'll, we'll find out i guess but so it, I was I had that in my mind when we were doing that W thirty one piece at the McCacken show, you know, thinking about people who lost stuff, and you know, and it doesn't necessarily mean in that particular fire, but over the years, you know, cars mm-hmm. that get away and things that are yeah. family heirlooms and things that are important to us, and that, I guess that adds another dimension to that show because all those cars are there. You know, and it's it's so cool mm-hmm. to me to see the preservation of of these cars and these memories, and oh, yeah. and it all kind of circles back to that seventy GSX show car again. Something that that could have been lost to history a thousand times over. I bet you know, just a circumstance. Right. And oh yeah, and there it is. All those super rare cars, like the the Hemi Cuda convertibles, the. Uh, the 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 eight uh, trans sixty nine Trans Am convertibles all those cars could have just been obliterated, you know, just by happenstance. And but yet here they are. Right, right. 
And that's uh, it's an important dimension, you know, of that show. So again, I, I encourage people to go there to, to see that stuff and to talk to the owners and, and hear those stories to get an understanding of how lucky we are to be able to, to see that in person. Um, just one of them, one of them cool things about that show. So, yeah, for sure. One of the many things. Yes. All right, my man. Well, this has been fun. I, uh, I apologize. My energy level's a little bit down on this episode, but, uh, we'll be sure to pick it back up for the next one. Uh, nobody noticed. <laughs> right. <laughs> or at least nobody said anything, right? <laughs> and, uh, uh, this has been great. You can, of course, tune in to VA Radio, subscribe on iTunes. Uh, there's the Stitcher app. There's Google Play. There's uh, uh, the TuneIn Radio app. Uh, of course, our Facebook page for VA Radio and va8radio.com uh, to see everything and hear everything. And uh, we encourage you to uh, click that subscribe button so you never miss an episode of this uh, rolling uh chaos that we call VA radio sometimes <laughs> <laughs> so uh, nicely put I will leave you with the uh, the challenge to uh, keep the shiny side up as always <laughs> and uh, <laughs> we will talk to you next time on VA radio <laughs>